Hey, y'all, how are we doing? Shout out to Bear Nation for tuning in for another episode of The Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship, a podcast for the entrepreneur-minded, created by entrepreneurs, discussing the real stories that give you the tools to overcome challenges and stay true to your real self. As always, I want to give a shout out to our partners over at Finn. Finn is a social good platform that creates employee engagement and builds culture. We've teamed up with Finn to give back to the communities that we serve. For every episode, we will be donating $10 to the cause of choosing by our guest in the Finn platform. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, y'all. We are back once again for another episode of the Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship podcast. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you probably noticed something a little different today. My first in-person episode of the Bare Necessities. We're coming to you live from New York City at the Start of Ventures office with my amazing guest today, a buddy of mine, Jay Caleb. So Jay Caleb is an entrepreneur, an author, and a community organizer. He's passionate about building community, diversity, inclusion, and sharing stories. Jay Caleb, say hello to Bear Nation for me. Guys, it's such a pleasure to be on. Rob, thank you so much for having me. It's always a great time. Yeah, you bet. I'm super excited um, to be chatting with you here and really looking at um, what it is that we're, you know, what does entrepreneurship mean? So first question I have for you, why did you want to become an entrepreneur? What led you? We'll talk about your story. Yeah. But what led you to want to become an entrepreneur? <sighs> you know, I think when we look at like our family legacy and our family dynamic, I feel like I didn't mean to get deep on the first point, but it, it just That's hit me. That's what this is all about. That's what this is about. Okay. <laughs> it just hit me. Um, I think it was this a speaker, Christine Kane. She's like a, a motivational speaker, Christian author. And she said, if you look at your family tree, you're either, we always think we're trailblazing a new work, yeah. which we very well could be. But she said, if we look like at our family tree and our family history, nine times out of 10, we're carrying on a legacy that already started in our family. Mm -hmm. So that makes me think about my grandfather. He was an entrepreneur. Um, he owned a hotel in Detroit. Um, you know, in the sixties and he was doing his thing. He was also a barber and a pastor. So he had like multiple hustles and not that, not that, you know, one was, I mean, his calling was really a pastor. He loved people. He loved connecting with people, yeah. but I don't know. I think it's kind of in my blood. It's a, a long way to, to say that it's kind of in my blood. Yeah. So. so, I mean, uh, you talk about legacy, uh, you know, you know, kind of, that was the first thing that came to mind. What does legacy mean to you? Yeah. You know, legacy, I would say that legacy is leaving a mark for the next generation. Leaving a mark for the next generation and having something that outlives you. Mm -hmm. um, I think our work isn't important until um, it has the ability to outlive us once we're gone. I love that. You know, leaving a legacy and being remembered, but by who? I guess for you, what do you remember? What do you want to be remembered for? Mm. Wow, that's a, that's a great question. You know, it's funny. I feel like I more than like business and what I do, I want to be remembered for who I am mm -hmm. and how I treat people. Mm -hmm. um, you know that saying, like people will forget what you said, but they'll remember how you make them feel. How you make them My feel. Angela. Yes. Shout out to my angel. So 
I, lo- I love this point, the fact that we went here right out the gate, right? Entrepreneurship for you is about carrying a legacy. And for you, your grandfather was an entrepreneur, had a couple hustles um, in Detroit, and now you're, you're following a calling. So, you know, we talk about you being an entrepreneur. So I'd love to, you know, clue the listeners in to what you're an entrepreneur and that your journey, right? So for those that don't know, Jay Caleb runs a company called Remedy Networks. And Remedy Networks is really your calling to make an impact. Right. So tell me a little about because you were originally Coca-Cola, right? Down in the south, right? Down in Tulsa. I was. Okay. So Jay and Caleb worked for Coca-Cola for a couple a year and a half, two years. Yeah, a couple of years. Okay. And then he did this crazy thing and moved to New York City. So and that's where your entrepreneurial journey starts. So what happened when you were in Tulsa that brought you to New York and why did you come here to start Remedy Networks? Yeah, definitely. Also, I just remembered earlier, I said my grandfather had a hotel in the 60s. I'm pretty sure it was way before that. <laughs> so I just had to clear clear that up really quick. Um, yeah, just Tulsa. So I, I got my undergrad degree in Tulsa. And so moving there from Detroit, it was just a big, a big switch, a big change. But that was just my first job that I got out of college. Um, I honestly didn't like working there. Yeah. (laughs) Like it wasn't, it was just like a call center environment. I'm a people person. I love to be around people. Um, you know, so I was just kind of, kind of stuck in a cubicle behind this behind a screen, just making phone calls back to back to back. Like the call is like, wouldn't even stop. They would just keep going after you hang up one another. So it wasn't like the the funnest experience Mm -hmm. or the most fun experience, Um, but it was there when on my lunch break, I just got promoted. Um, I was the youngest person on my team. Minority just got promoted to a targeted, a higher sales position. Yeah. And I'll never forget um, on my lunch break, I read, now mind you, I was in Oklahoma at the time and I read about a kid, um, Khalif Broider, who some of you may have known and uh, so Khalif, there's a Netflix special on Khalif, right? Yeah, there is. So if you guys want to check that out too, it's a, it's a crazy documentary. It's, it's very yeah, informative. And, and for those that don't know about Khalif, uh, Breuder, he was wrongly accused for theft, yeah. went to Rikers. Uh, and after he got out of Rikers, did a bunch of media telling a story about the wrongly accused being a, you know, a black man in New York city. Um, but that led to mental illness. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's Khalif's story. Uh, the short version. So yeah. that happened. Yeah. So I read about that story, you know, him being wrongfully convicted of a crime, sent to Rikers, and then him tragically committing suicide. And we get so much bad news, so much bad press, bad media. And so some of it, like, we're kind of desensitized to it, to where we're just like, oh, that's another bad story. But it was something about this story to where I couldn't just be like, oh, that sucks, and just go back to my job. It hit me in a way where... I felt like I was entitled to do something about it, even though I didn't know this kid from Adam had been to New York maybe like once or twice on a bus trip for my 16th birthday, like from Michigan, like don't even know, don't know. I couldn't tell you anybody that lived in New York. Yeah. Um, So that's that's how I transitioned here. I mean, the longer version is that, you know, ended up quitting and then starting a nonprofit to help. advocate for uh, mental health in New York. So that's yeah. That so that story was something that you couldn't put down and you wanted to do something about it. So you quit your job, you moved to New York City. 
yeah. and started a nonprofit. You also wrote a book while you're here. So those that don't know, he wrote a book called Remedy Network, A Millennial's Journey on Connecting New York City Through Stories. Tell me about that book. And was that like the first project of Remedy Network and that nonprofit? Or tell me about that story and that process there. Yeah. So I, I have to say, I didn't intend on like writing a book. It, it sort of just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I, I, I kept a journal. I've kept a journal for the last maybe six years. Like I have like a whole drawer of all of my journals and I go through them at the end of every year to see how I can grow for the next year. And that was just one of the worst periods in my life. Um, when I left my job and quit and did Remedy, I feel like some of the most points of distinction in our life are always tied to opposition. And we are, we are um, curated, we are programmed to always shy away from opposition. Yeah. But I feel like opposition is, is almost a calling card to your calling, to what you're supposed to do. That was free. I don't know where that came from. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it it was like super like my dad was really sick. He was in the hospital. I was going through depression and all this. So this is what's going on as I moved to New York. But um, yeah, the book came out of just stories after I was reading my journal. I was yeah. like, you know what? This might be able to help somebody. Yeah. So it was very cathartic as well. Like I feel like it was healing writing that book. And I said, hey, if the, if if my crazy story could help another entrepreneur or just help some someone, yeah, push through hard hard times in their life then let's do it yeah i think that's really you know talking about legacy and impact right you know you read a story um treasure story that you couldn't put down probably because it was affecting you personally in your own battle with depression and you know the cool thing that y'all should know is that um you know jay caleb connected with khalif's brother and at your book launch party they did a book launch party he came and spoke so was that i mean you connected that you know, that experience, you know, the book was mostly about your experience and your stories in journal, but you tied in the Khalif story to that. What was that like being that family? And, and how did that, how did that help you cathartically heal yeah. as you lent to launch from a book and healing process into the business that now is Remedy Network? Yo, it was crazy. I felt like I was on the Oprah show or something. It was just, <laughs> it was crazy. You know, um, when you read, when you, when you read Khalif's story and like, the newspaper or an article is one thing. But then when you meet that family member who was like literally meeting his brother, I can't even lie to you. I got emotional. Mm-hmm. Like I, I reached out. Oh, you know what? It was through a Remedy Network event. We were doing an event. Um, we had some organizers from the Women's March at the time, Carmen Perez and some other individuals on um, FPWA in New York City. Um, and also the mayor's office partnered with us years ago on an event um, with Thrive Mental Health, which is New York's mental health arm of the city and they provide free resources to New Yorkers, which I feel like a lot of cities should adopt that model. Yeah. But anyway, um, Carmen messaged me and she was like, I heard you speak about Khalif, you know, on the panel. I, I know, I know his brother, I I should connect you guys. And so, um, I had coffee with him like around Columbus circle and I, I got emotional just when he walked in, I'm like, yo, what, this is a moment. Mm -hmm you know, to be able to talk with him. And, and he, he was like, he was, he was like, man, it's okay. Cause I, he could tell I was getting emotional. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. Like I've had time to like mm-hmm. process and it. it is a tragedy, but it was crazy, crazy meeting him. Yeah. And he's on fire. He's, he's really active in the political space and organizing. He, he's a great guy. So that's awesome. Well, I think what's, what's really cool with that too, is as you cathartically healed through your book and 
Khalif's story, the tragic story of Khalif's, you know, life, getting to meet his brother, the survivor, right? Mm. Um, you know, having watched his brother go through it and having time to process and helping you process, I think is really cool. Yeah. And so let's talk about your journey with Remedy Network. So what is Remedy Networks? And you touched, talked about a few organizations you partnered with. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you talk about making an impact. You're a community organizer, a builder, and you talked a lot about legacy to start us off. And that's what you did with Remedy Network. So tell me a little about what that is as a platform and what you're currently doing with Remedy today. Yeah, definitely. So um, Remedy, we are a social impact nonprofit and we curate spaces of safe dialogue for young professionals centered around mental health, prison reform, and social justice. So we create conversation around those, advocate for that to um, go ahead and resource those people. So it's not just, I call it rah-rah. I feel like a lot of people, you know, and they get really excited about an issue or a cause, but that doesn't really lead to any type of change yeah. um, in the culture, any type of, you know, bills being passed or how, how is the society changing um, as a direct correlation to to us being excited about something. Just in like social media culture, I just felt that disconnect. Like we post about it and all of this and that does bring about, you know, awareness yeah. and, you know, I don't want to down on that, but can we actually change law? Can we actually, you know, speak to those in authority, those in power that can shift and change not just the dialogue and the perception of these things that we are you know, excited about, but can actually put some things into practice. So that's yeah. how Remedy came about. I love it. And, and so that you're still active in the community today. I know that you're out uh, in California. You got to meet um, some people. You're upstate meeting with, uh, was it the prison uh, reform recently? Yeah, the uh, New York State Jail Administrators Program with some people from uh, the Bronx and also uh, Westchester County some of the, the leaders up there just with prison reform work. Just talking about it. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I got to, you know, I, I did a, um, some, some contract work for an organization called Lead 360. Oh, wow. And it is an organization that is empowering black leaders to make impact. And it's, it's for black executives at large corporates and oh, wow. um, talking about diversity in the workplace and how they can, you know, create impact in the program. And I remember, you know, we hosted this big event and it was really cool. And this is a very powerful speakers. And, Conversation, especially in today's day and age, is um, being an ally is one thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of rah-rah, I'm an ally, but we need less allies and more advocates, more mm -hmm. people to do. And there's a place and space for both, right? Yeah. And some people are meant to be allies and some people are meant to be advocates. But where do we help empower, strengthen, and develop those to, to have a voice, whether wherever you stand in things, but being more of an advocate for what you believe in and having a safe space because we know the internet as it is today yeah. is just a very terrible place. We're looking at Facebook, all these things that happen. Yeah. And so having a safe space yeah. um, is an amazing thing to work through. So, you know, you've been building Remedy Networks. You've been out here in New York for six, seven years now, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't Longer believe that. Six. Six years now. it's been that long. Um, you know, you also, in the middle of all this, um, and how Jake Caleb and I met is Start a Venture. So Start a Ventures is an venture-backed accelerator program here in New York uh, that helps uh, entrepreneurs all around the world and in the U.S. go through an accelerator program and upscale their business. One of the companies that came through was Alcove Systems. Yeah. And Alcove was Jake Caleb's millennial um, business and travel uh, in New York City and big cities when you're carrying all your bags around, you want to put them down for a time or two. 
Uh, unfortunately, you launched that uh, right <laughs> as the pandemic started raising, yeah. uh, which has been hard. So tell me about like what was that experience like? I know that you still have Alco systems. It's something yeah. kind of on the back burner. Yeah. What was that experience like starting something and having to push through that and having to put that on the back burner as an entrepreneur? Because the other thing is like we love entrepreneurship and it's all rah rah and great. We yeah. just talked about we don't need more rah rah. Right. <laughs> this sucked and it was tough. It was a tough yeah. blow. So tell me a little about how you've gone through and what you learned from that and just that experience of Alco systems and yeah. you know what it's taught you. Yeah, you know, wow, I have so much to say on that. This is why I love talking to Rob. And <laughs> shout out to everyone listening to this because, I mean, yeah, just just a great, I don't know, great friend, great advocate, always pouring into people. I don't know. I just have to say that. Um, yeah, starting a business during the pandemic was crazy. And um, <laughs> I had no idea what, what I was doing at the time. But I knew, I knew that there was a problem, and the problem was on-demand short-term luggage storage in, in big cities. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to somehow change that narrative. Um, it's in me as to be a problem solver. Yeah. And so I don't always know how it's going to end up or what, what's going to happen, but I, I want to at least try. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of people don't even try. They psych themselves out before they try. Yeah. Um, but anyway, with Alcove, I learned so much. And I think I don't know. I would argue to say sometimes we win more through our losses. And I'm not saying Alcova is a loss, but I'm saying sometimes we can win. We can learn more through opposition and when things don't work because it it forces us to go back to the drawing board and to strategize Mm -hmm. and see how we can get that win. So Alcova is almost like my pandemic project. Like, you know, we're all stuck at home. And so instead of just binge watching Netflix or just, I don't know, we all went through a moment. I don't know where you were at. Playing Call of Duty a lot. Yeah, Call of Duty. You know, <laughs> you know that app, like even on Netflix or something, you can like invite your friends to watch it yeah. or something. I mean, after you do all that, it's like, okay, I'm wasting like brain cells. What, what can I do? So that was like a project that I could work on. And I remember all the investors were also always telling me, like, how is this going to work? It's a pandemic. Nobody's flying like zero people in TSA. This was like pre-mask, pre-vaccine. And I'm like, people are going to start flying again. Like people are. Yeah. Like people are waiting. So we can't just wait for people to, you know, bamboozle through TSA and then be like, okay, well, now we need to pay attention to this problem. So it taught me a lot of things. It taught me about. Investor relations, reaching out to investors. I mean, anything from pitch deck to, um, you know, looking at the different ways of, of capital, whether that's through a convertible note, whether it's through debt, whether it's through equity, teaching me so much um, about startups. Um, and as just as an entrepreneur, I think the main thing that I learned from that, and I know I'm going on and on about this, but, you know, your, your first startup won't necessarily be your last. And so you can take what you learned and like entrepreneurs, we're always going to be entrepreneurs until we die. So it's like a, a it's it's just embedded in yeah. me to want to do that. So, yeah, I mean, you you talked about like we learn through opposition. Like change happens through opposition. All you know, every revolution, I think about industrial revolution happened um, after the Great Depression, right? Um, commerce and different industries kicked up because of and after wars, right? Yeah. Opposition creates opportunity. Mm. And we have to realize that through this lens of entrepreneurship, there's no one shining moment. We see these big stories that happen in the news. What you don't see is the hours of 
grinding out. Okay? I had an Alex Batdor from Get Shit Done on here, and she was talking about don't do entrepreneurship for the gram. Do mm. it because you want to make an impact, right? Wow. And there's so many people that are content creators and entrepreneurs because they want to be seen as like a business owner and these cool things. And then you get into it, and you're like, shit, this shit is fucking hard. It's hard. But so that's hard. where you learn, and that's where you create, and that's where things happen. So I love the fact that Alco Systems was a pet project. It's something you could still develop and build and something on the back burner. Yeah. But it's a lesson. It's something that you, it's made you stronger and going to be helpful in the way everybody network grows, the way yeah. Alco Systems may grow in the future, may mm. change and evolve. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. That's the whole point of, you know, coming back to the bare necessity is the reason why I named it this. The reason yeah. why I wanted to do these conversations yeah. is to talk about what happened in our lives to make us feel like this, mm. that we wanted to do this. Everyone can be an entrepreneur, but not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So what are the things that drove us to that? And that's what interests me more than anything is that mindset, mm. right? Because we can be entrepreneurial minded and not go out and be entrepreneurs. We actually have a term for that called intrapreneurs. I did a great episode with Greg Larkin. Intrapreneurs are those that are entrepreneurial in their ecosystems or organizations to make change and impact. Wow. And create things at bigger companies, right? Yeah. So whoever is out there listening, as you hear about it, there's, there's different things about being an entrepreneur and ways to take that mindset of an entrepreneur and put it in your daily life, whether that's you building your own business or you being a part of another organization. Right. So I love this thing that, you know, we talk about it as, you know, something that didn't succeed, but we learn more from it. I think we're all so, because of the age of the internet and social influencer culture. Yes telling us that we have to be perfect we don't do things unless it's perfect right what nothing's ever gonna be fucking perfect ever and how how can things be perfect if you don't fail first wow right like what how do we know what perfection is if we've never felt loss right like how do we know joy right we have immense joy in our lives and happiness yeah but happiness and joy doesn't feel so good if it wasn't for feeling losses yeah right and feeling defeat and you know, I talk, I've talked about this before and Craig Larkin made a big point is that you should, you should look at the survivors. Mm-hmm. Those that slogged through and survived and came out the other side. Those are the ones that innovate. Those are the ones that are problem solvers, right? Wow. Cause if you have never really gone through a, a major event, a major problem, it's really hard for you to, to come out. And if you ever survive something to really thrive in something. And that's yeah. just my personal opinion. Yeah. So I'll kind of stop on my soapbox there. No, that's so uh, good. So good. <laughs> but that's and that's why we do what we do, right? That's why yeah. this is important. That's why um, this messaging is important. So, you know, let's talk about where you're at today. So what are you currently doing now uh, with your different business units and how is that um, affected into, you know, what we, what we do as we head into next year? Yeah. So I am still uh, doing work with Remedy Network and that's kind of, it's interesting. Alcove went to the back burner and Remedy pushed forward. It, it blazed through. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm still leading projects with Remedy Network and I'm also the director of business operations for a company called Nucleos. Um, and they are an education technology company for second chance learners. And so that takes up the majority of my time now. I mean, I also do other speaking engagements and I'm really passionate about, you know, investing into the next generation and that, but um, yeah, so Remedy, we're, we're looking to actually 
um, do more events in New York, but we're also looking to expand to um, in other areas. I'll say that right now. So. Yeah. So there's plans coming. Yeah, there's plans um, coming. But it's awesome that Nucleus, the, the opportunity, because that company is one that also has a very big um, impact admission to it. And you're probably learning a lot from that that goes into Remedy. And yeah. I'm sure there might be some opportunity to kind of blend the two lives and worlds together. Definitely. Uh, so that's exciting. And, you know, to those out there listening, right, entrepreneurship is not a linear path. And sometimes mm. you got to go different ways and take different different steps. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't know this about yeah. me uh, in my career is I recently joined as the chief marketing officer for a B2B SaaS employer paid benefit company called Village. And it was something I wasn't expecting to wow. do. You know, I still driving rise up uh, and, and we have a lot of things planned for 2022. In fact, my book is finally done. Yes. Is it done? And I, yep. I approved the manuscript as we, as of the recording on November 4th, this episode will drop here in a couple of weeks, but the manuscripts approved covers done. We have awesome. the IBS copyright, everything pre-sale launches um, about the time this, this actually goes out, the pre-sale have launched and uh, wow. the book comes out January 23rd. So, you know, I took on this role because I really believed in the founder and, and wanted to be a part of building something through the growth of Village. And mm. it doesn't stop. You know, I still have Happy Group, still running that um, with, with my business partner, Phil, and our team down in Mexico with Move Partners with JC and Philip. And, yeah. you know, entrepreneurship doesn't be linear. Mm. And it doesn't change from what we're building at Rise Up Coaching and what I have planned for 2022 with Rise Up Coaching. But sometimes you just see where you can make an impact. And you're like, you know what? This is an opportunity. This is an experience that I just have to do. Mm. And it's going to level me up and, and, and teach me so much more so that I can continue to build yeah. the best things for Bear Nation, for the podcast, yeah. for the book, for my audience, for my business. And that's what I think is really cool about entrepreneurship is it gives you so many opportunities yeah. to, to chase after. And that's why you know, I tell this all the time to people, chase opportunity and not money. Right? Yeah. Chase opportunity, good things happen. Money will always come. So I love that your journey um, hasn't been linear, and there's some big things happening in 2022 with where Remedy Network is going to go and some of the work you're doing with Nucleus. So that's really a cool thing yeah. to talk to, to do. And I'm, you know, for those out there, follow along. Um, I'm trying to get my man here to be more active on social <laughs> than his personal brand. For those that don't know my book, The Social Soul: Mastering Your Personal Professional Brand with Authenticity and Intentionality, comes out in January. Yes. It's all about is how to how to be an engager and, and create your value at a network. Less about being a content creator. Mm. Uh, so so stay tuned for that, Bear Nation. So as we kind of wrap up, you know, I know we've got so we're at the start of venture space. Um, there's an event about to go off with the French American Chamber of Commerce, the soiree that I'm going to attend. Uh, so we're wrapping up. You know, wanted to kind of get some lasting thoughts. We talk about running network. We talk about all these things. We started off the conversation about what entrepreneurship meant to you and leaving that legacy. Yeah. Right? And as you write the story of Jay Caleb and we headed to 2022, instead of thinking and the big macro of what your legacy would be, what do you want your legacy to be at the end of this year? Like, what do you want to be able to say? Like, my legacy for 2021 wow. in the chapter of Jay Caleb as I turn the page to 2022, what is that legacy? Just for you personally. That is such a great question. Um, for me personally, my legacy for this year, I think it would be that sometimes you just have to survive into your calling. And the reason why I say that is because we're taught to like 
fight and you know we which is good i mean those, these are all good moments to like fight blaze through but i'll never forget a friend of mine who's who said this to me and now it's coming back up to light because i'm i'm like i'm going through it now and he was like after you've done all that you fought you know you've looked for the job this opportunity came it left whatever and you feel like you're still not in that sweet spot sometimes the last thing to do is just wait and literally just survive into it yeah and i think that's what i want my legacy to be this year is like you know, we all went through a global pandemic and we all went through change and we've all had to learn how to pivot and, you know, up and down. But at the end of the day, we're here, we survived it and we just got to keep going. Yeah. So I love that. You know, you survived your legacy for 2020. I survived. Yeah. You survived, you know, a business opportunity that didn't quite go where you wanted to, but something that you had built and was operating that you weren't focusing on came back to life. Yeah. And that that opens up a chapter for a comeback next year. I think that's a great lasting legacy for 2021. So as I close out with every, you know, every uh, episode, there's a few questions I always like to ask. So the first question, and, and I, I, I'm excited for this one is, you know, what is your superpower? What do you think your superpower is? I think my superpower is conversation and connecting with people. Yeah. So. I mean, I, yeah, be, you know, creating conversation, being that super, you know, being that builder. I think that's such a cool thing. That's hard to do. It's hard to connect, you know, coming from Detroit, yeah. living down in Tulsa, now in New York, you've been in different parts of the States. You've been yeah. in different experiences. You've worked in large organizations, small organizations. You know, your ability to just connect and exist and create is something that's hard for a lot of people. So I think that's yeah. a great superpower. Thank you. So if... Uh, you know, if you were talking to a group of entrepreneurs that are saying, hey, J. Caleb, I want to be an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them? Ooh, meet as many people as you can. And um, probably another one is don't be afraid to learn while you're doing it. Like <laughs> having side hustles, doing yeah. all that. Just just meet people. You never know. So I love that. I mean, that kind of goes back to your superpower, right? Meet as many people as you can. You never know who can help you. And that's, yeah. you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is, is building a value added network. And that was one of the things that I feel like I've, I've, I've figured out how to master and, and, and leverage the people in our lives. So I think that's a great thing. And most entrepreneurs, they get stuck in their own world. They think, you know, yeah. I'm right. And they forget to listen to their customer. They forget to talk about it. They forget to introduce themselves to people so and true. share that vision. And I do think the other thing was important, right? Because when you start sharing your vision, there's going to be a lot of people that don't believe it and they're either going to say it's great because they don't have the heart to tell you it's not or they think you're crazy and like why are you not doing the traditional path and that you want to meet as many people as you can and talk about it but also take everything with a grain of salt yes. um, and find those in your life that will advocate for you and give you the hard truths I wish I had your book like six years ago when I was, <laughs> I was in Tulsa <laughs> <laughs> well then maybe you never never written your book so I think that's you know, true, you know your, your, your journey to where you're at today is just setting you up for future success uh, what's a what's a book, a resource, a show, something that you think people should be tuning into if they're looking to get into entrepreneurship or continue their journey in entrepreneurship? Yeah, I know this book gets some flack, but The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, <laughs> Eric Rice. Yeah, it's a, such a good book. I mean, just the MVP model and everything that it helped me so much from like switching from like a huge business plan to it was just so strategic. So Lean yeah, Startup. I love it. I mean, I'm a big proponent of The Lean Startup. I love it. And the fact that I don't think you need 50 page. We were taught how to write a 50 page business plan. Right. I don't want to watch. We'll look at through 50 pages. Yeah. You know, when I talk with businesses and, and entrepreneurs, I'm like, 
tell me what you're going to do and how you're going to get there. Yeah. I don't care the market. I mean, obviously you have to care about the market size, but I really don't care about your your Tam, Sam, and Sam. Like, yeah, you know, cool. You're going to come and take two percent of the market in five years and make five million. I doubt it. Right. <laughs> but prove me wrong. How the fuck are you going to get there? Show yeah. me a real short short burst of like, hey, we're going to start with this and test this and then build this exactly and go from there because that. It's a big fool miss. And 50-page business plans don't allow you for that flexibility. It's like, show me how, pivot, iterate, take feedback, pivot, iterate. So Definitely. I love that book. So good. What do you think, uh, you know, as we close out, what's your lasting message to all those out there as they're going through it right now? Man, my lasting message would be never give up. Just never give up. Yeah. And we just talked about be a survivor. That's your chapter for the year, right? That's it. Uh, you know, things can happen. Life is hard. Yeah. It was easy. You know, we'd all be in a very different place. So never give up and, and lean on people. Don't be yeah. afraid. You know, this is what I love about Remedy Networks, right? Creating safe space. A lot of us are afraid to ask for help, especially yeah. on the entrepreneurial community. You know, your our biggest, um, I was listening to uh, David Meltzer was talking about this the other day of, entrepreneurs and leaders think they need to be right all the time or they need to be the person to answer the question. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. I was like, that's so true. And and they're so, you have to be okay with asking for help. You don't have to be everything to everyone. Yes. As a leader, vulnerability and showing that you rely on your team and others in your life to help you is actually going to take you bigger places. So true. So, where can my followers find you? If they want to connect with you uh, and chat more or learn more about what you're building, how do they find you? Let them know. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at uh, jcaleb, J-C-A-L-E-B as in boy. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, you can go to remedynetwork.com as well. My contact information is there. But yeah, love to connect. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to drop the Instagram handle, the LinkedIn the website, and also a link to your book. It's on Amazon, right? Or yeah, no? the book is on Amazon. Okay, so I'll drop an Amazon so. book link in there um, so you can follow along with my guest. My man, it was so fun that we even got to do this in person. I know. I know, like this is my first in-person recording. Um, hopefully it, it comes across clean for all, Bear Nation. Um, shout out to you all for always tuning in. And, you know, if there's, um, there's other topics you want to explore, people in your network that I should be connecting with, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Let me know. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Bear Nation. Jake Caleb, thank you so much, my guy. Such a pleasure. Bear Nation, let's go. Bear Nation, once again, thank you for listening to the Bear Necessities of Entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. And until next time, take care.